بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا إذا قمتم إلى الصلاة فاغسلوا وجوهكم وأيديكم إلى المرافق وامسحوا برؤوسكم وأرجلكم إلى الكعبين وإن كنتم جنبا فاطهروا وَإِن كُنتُم مَّرْضَىٰ أَوْ عَلَىٰ سَفَرٍ أَوْ جَاءَ أَحَدٌ مِّنكُم مِّنَ الْغَائِطِ مِّنَ الْغَائِطِ أَوْ لَامَسْتُمُ النِّسَاءَ فَلَمْ تَجِدُوا مَاءً فَتَيَمَّمُوا صَعِيدًا طَيِّبًا فَامْسَحُوا فَامْسَحُوا بِوُجُوهِكُمْ وَأَيْدِيكُمْ مِنْهُ ما يريد الله ليجعل عليكم من حرج ولكن يريد ليطهركم وليتم نعمته عليكم لعلكم تشكرون. O believers, when you rise up for prayer, wash your faces and your hands up to the elbows, wipe your heads and wash your feet to the ankles. And if you are in a state of full impurity, then take a bath. But if you are ill, on a journey, or have relieved yourselves, or have been intimate with your wives and cannot find water, then purify yourselves with clean earth by wiping your faces and hands. It is not Allah's will to burden you, but to purify you and complete his favour upon you, so perhaps you'll be grateful. Islamic civilization is unique. Since its inception at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, multiple truths have always coexisted within the religion. It's a strange concept, but a critical one, especially in modern society. Let me explain. Islam, and more specifically Muslim scholars, have always recognized the validity of different opinions on a single issue. Indeed, The broad principles of the practice, its foundations, are one and the same. But the differences within the details are evident in many issues. Two seemingly conflicting opinions can be widely practiced by many different individuals, yet are recognized and accepted by each party. This principle, the existence of firm parameters of truth and a scope for difference within it, is one of the most crucial things to understand and offers a solution to a world plagued by conflict. No example is clearer than the verse I recited outlining the performance of wudu, a ritual purification required as a prerequisite to prayer. All Muslims agree on the broad outline of what wudu entails, laying the parameters to operate within. No one would claim, for example, one can pray without it. However, within these parameters, you will find differences amongst the four Sunni schools of thought on what exactly each of the foundations entail. One such example is found in the letter Ba, within the word Biru'usikum, your head. A single letter that carries incredible significance. 
The debate comes from the varied understanding of Arabic grammar, Quranic verses, prophetic practice, and other evidential sources by each school. A complex discussion whose conclusion can be summarized broadly as follows. The Malikis and Hanbalis believe the ba is grammatically superfluous, indicating that the meaning of the word necessitates wiping the entirety of the head. The Shafi'is interpret the ba to refer to some of the hair, sufficing that even one strand of hair be wiped to fulfill the obligation. The Hanafis agree with the Shafi'is on the meaning of the ba, but use a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ to specify how much, reaching the conclusion that one quarter of the head, specifically the forelock, must be wiped. It's important to note the reason each school has reached different conclusions is because the school codifies a methodology of reaching an answer, not just the answer itself. These methodologies are consistent across different rulings, providing a way in which to approach the body of Islamic sources, prioritizing and preferring different tools within it. By subscribing to a particular school, what you're essentially doing is agreeing to a particular methodology to interpreting Islamic law. Even though we may only ever hear the conclusions from them in the form of its rulings. As such, whilst each school will have its own preferred methodology, they recognize the validity of alternative approaches and thus an alternative ruling. What's beautiful, though, is that all schools recommend as a principle to do that which avoids disputes and encompasses all opinions, in this case, wiping the entirety of the head. Now, this difference is not trivial. The validity of the prayer described by the Prophet ﷺ as the foundation of our faith is dependent on the validity of our wudu. And if one sees the wiping of the entire head as a necessity, how can they pray behind someone who may have only wiped a few strands? Wouldn't that invalidate their prayer? Yet, these differences have coexisted since the time of the Sahaba anhum themselves, with this and many other issues having conflicting opinions amongst them, and the Prophet confirmed the validity of each. Lady Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, famously disagreed with Ibn Mas'ud on the word quru' in the verse of the Qur'an on Surah Al-Baqarah 228, as the word itself is a contronym, carrying the meaning of purity and impurity within it. Another example, during the expedition of Khaybar, the Prophet ﷺ announced that nobody is to pray Asr except outside the gates of Banu Quraiza. The Sahaba differed on what this command meant. Some took it literally to mean they must pray Asr outside the gates of Khaybar and thus rush to travel there as commanded in order to catch its time. Others understood the Prophet ﷺ to be speaking figuratively, stating he wanted them to hurry and pray now in order to head out of the city, not to literally miss the prayer. When they arrived at the city, the Prophet ﷺ was told about the divide in opinion and he confirmed both interpretations were valid. 
In another hadith, it's narrated the Prophet ﷺ to have said, Difference of opinion amongst the companions is a mercy for Allah's slaves. Why? Because it creates a flexibility to be able to practice the details within the religion and it facilitates for the natural differences in understanding and culture within humanity. Our ummah has been able to agree to disagree on many of its peripheral matters, but it has always been unified in its core principles. No one disputes the belief in one God, the finality of the Prophet Muhammad the belief in the Qur'an, praying five times a day, the fast of Ramadan, the obligation of zakah, and the many other pillars that make up our faith. However, within those matters, you'll find scope for a variety of opinion within scholarship to allow for the variety of understandings and circumstances which human beings will find. And it is the role of scholars to manage those rulings within the religion to give their community what best suits them. In fact, it demonstrates a more fundamental principle that different minds will have different ways of understanding and interpreting issues, thus leading to different conclusions. Yet, both methodologies are valid. Human beings are not homogenous. We're not expected to think the same, and that is okay. So long as we establish the broad parameters of agreement, difference within those are okay. This ability to coexist with difference of opinion, to simultaneously have conviction in your own practice whilst recognising the difference in someone else's method, but sharing its core principles, is needed today more than ever. As our world becomes increasingly factionalised, we need to rebuild a world where we can coexist with one another despite the differences in practices we may hold. Nevertheless, we must also recognise the existence of the core foundations we all agree upon, as these set the boundaries through which no one can traverse.